0: Welcome to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jessica Sterling. I'm here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson, on a special bonus episode of Shit 90 Shows Taught Me, where we are talking about
1: movie Casper. Sarah, how are you? I'm so excited. This movie is just bringing me back to my childhood. This is one of those movies that you had to watch every single year or else you're just not celebrating Halloween.
0: Yes, and we're also here with a special guest, Kevin Mahadeo, for the first time on Shit90 Shows Taught Me. Kevin, how are you?
2: Hi, I'm doing well. I'm also pretty excited to talk about this movie, and I agree with Sarah. I think I watched this yearly. It was like this and Hocus Pocus, especially when I was a kid, so it was so funny like, re-watching it because I'm like, I already know this movie, I think, beat for beat at this point. Yeah.
1: yeah there I... was a... No, go ahead. I'm sorry there was moments where I was like yes I remember the scene to the T and then other plot points where I was like, okay, like it's like I've never seen this movie before in my life.
0: <laughs> I feel like I had the exact opposite experience. I feel like I've watched this movie maybe once when I was a kid and I haven't seen it since. So I'm just, I'm really not. And again, this is not a scary movie for anybody concerned about that. Don't be scared. But I was certainly not like a, a seeking out scary movies as a child. So if I saw a ghost, I probably was not going to watch it. <laughs>
1: were
2: either
1: either of you scared at all at any point no
2: no i was more scared of watching this like with my adult lens because like there's so many things in this movie that now as an adult i was like what was happening at this time period with this movie specifically
0: yeah, yeah. I had the same feeling, and I, I hate that almost because it kind of ruins the nostalgia of movies occasionally when you kind of look at it with a critical eye. There were points where I have questions for you guys at some point when we, we talk about certain plot points. But I was like, the, to be fair, it, like the CGI, I think, held up fairly well considering what, this is 1995. So
2: it was pretty good. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I definitely agree with that. The CG effects were... Shockingly good for what I assumed the time period to be um, and held up pretty well I do I think my first note though I had written down was like is it me or the movie sets look more like movie sets during this time period because like that's the part that looked more fake than the CG was just the sets themselves felt so exaggerated and weird.
1: It definitely was a caricature, but I feel like a lot of movies in that era, like I'm thinking specifically of Beetlejuice, I'm thinking of Edward Scissorhands, I'm thinking about movies like that where it was very of the era era and um but it 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 makes you I think it brings you into the world more these like crusty yeah. dusty sets. I did like the
0: uh, the actual house itself because instead of being like the typical Victorian, it was, it was more like a mansion, which I did like. I like the feeling of it. I liked the set design. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. You could definitely date it to exactly when this movie was filmed.
2: I absolutely love that mansion and set design because one tidbit I have that definitely spoke to me uh, specifically is that this is the same mansion and set piece use in the Backstreet Boys everybody video (laughs) when they're dancing in the ballroom (laughs) and everything. This is that. This is that set.
1: (laughs) Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So do we was that on was that on purpose? Or is this just like a coincidence? And like can we I need to, like, turn this on, like, immediately. Like, maybe not right right this second. But but I... Wait, so is this, like... Was this part of it? Like, was this, like, a tie-in? Like, Backstreet Boys did everybody with Casper? Like, is this, like, a collaboration? Um, Obviously, I'm, like, the biggest Backstreet Boys fan. I'm already fangirling. What's the deal? Uh, I
2: don't don't think it's a collab. I feel like everybody was a few years after. So I feel like they must have done this... Like in my, in my head, I'm like, everybody was, I think 1998, but that might be a little too late. That might be their Millennium CD. I know too much about Backstreet Boys as well. I love Backstreet Boys. Everybody <laughs> and I Want It That Way are two of my go-to karaoke songs. So uh, this was this was a joy when I was just like, wait a second.
1: <laughs> I'm i I'm running to Wikipedia. Like my life is dependent on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is 1997, like- 1997.
0: We're already um, so happy Kevin is here to bring the tidbits about Backstreet Boys to the Casper breakup.
1: <laughs> so, this, so this, movie, this movie was filmed in 94. It was released on May 26, 1995. So you're saying that they saved this crusty mansion for two years when everybody was released. Is that what you're yeah. saying?
2: That's apparently what happened. And the, either that or like the Backstreet Boys must have been Casper fans. or were like, I want that set. And like, that's the set they used to film it. And yeah. part of me has to think it's purposeful because of the motif that they do in that video specifically being like so horror influenced and doing classic Universal style monsters. So, yeah, I feel like the, it, it had to have been purposeful.
1: Wow. Well, I'm I'm floored. I'm floored. <laughs> this
2: is like the weirdest
1: fun fact I would have ever heard off for a Casper for <laughs> This is every everything that I need, um, actually. Yeah. So I I'm all in. This is incredible. I'm glad
2: I was able to bring yeah, this uh, to the podcast.
1: Thank you. <laughs> um <laughs> So we can get into a little bit of
0: the um, the cast while we're while we're on it. Um, We can start with uh, Bill Pullman is Dr. Harvey. I didn't really recognize him, but I looked on IMDb and I did recognize some of his credits in Independence Day and Spaceballs. Um, Yeah, not though. I don't. Has he been in like other notable things beyond those two things?
2: Oh, man, that's a good that's a good question. People often confuse Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton. Um, just because of the similarity of names, but definitely for me, Bill Pullman um, as uh, the president in Independence Day um, really sticks out as like one of the most notable things. And obviously, I knew him from Casper as well. I feel like yes, he's been in stuff, but I, it, those are the ones that stick out so much. I think to people, especially because of the speech in Independence Day, it's like iconic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember. Like he kind of looks like. A, a a dad in general and specifically. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say '90s dad. Yeah, a 90, a a, ter- a stereotypical '90s dad. Like I'm, I I thought that he could have been. Do you guys remember there was this Mary Kay and Ashley show? It was a show, not a movie. And the, the dad was like dating this like redhead girl. I thought that, that it was, takes two. It takes two, I maybe I thought yeah, but that. But that's a movie, not a no, show. No, That's a movie. No, no.
2: Okay. Then um, it's uh, two of a kind.
1: Two of a kind. I thought that it was that, but it's, he's definitely not him,
2: so. Mm. Oh yeah, he's not the dad in that, but I think that's yeah. the show with the redhead that you're talking about with Mary-Kate and Ashley. I think it's called two of a kind or something like <gasps> oh, that. Oh, I've or... seen
0: that, yes, yes. They're yeah. the teenagers by the time that's yes. out, right? Yeah, I used yes. to watch that show, which Me too. is yeah. Sad, yeah. but
2: here we are. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah, but, like Mary-Kate and Ashley talk about the 90s, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's definitely a 90s dad. Uh, Mm -hmm. vibe. Yeah, how many times have we seen the trope of like, 90s dad who has a daughter and something happens to the mom at some point and then the dad doesn't really know how to raise a girl. (laughs) Uh, It seems to happen a lot. (laughs) These poor
1: 90s dads. Poor
2: nineties moms. Yeah, yeah. Nineties moms have it worse. They died. The the nineties. The thing. The one thing I guess the nineties taught me here is that if you are a single dad, like you will fail until you have some sort of like like magical mystical moments where your dead wife (laughs) will come to you and teach you that hey, you can do this. Believe in yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we'll have to ask some fathers that were raising daughters in the 90s if this is uh, a true fact or not. Yeah, this is what it looks like, yeah.
0: <laughs> um speaking of daughters, we have Christina Ricci as the uh, the daughter cat in this film. Obviously iconic, now and then Adams family, very iconic 90s actress.
1: Yeah, Christina Ricci is pretty much the queen of uh, 90s teen films. Mm -hmm. Um, I adore her. I've always adored her. Um, I'm a huge fan of Now and Then, as you previously just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, she was in, yeah, you said Adam's Family. She's just amazing.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean... As a person of my age who was watching these movies at a very similar age like Christina Ricci obviously was like a young childhood crush right like Wednesday mm-hmm. Adams was like a defining thing for many many um, um, young boys and, and girls again, who, you, whichever way you, you want to swing on it is fine, um, but like definitely like an iconic actress of the time and I think as she got older too, she she really sprung up in a lot of different roles. Uh, it's wild when I was watching this the first thing that came to my mind too with Christina Ricci is like you know what I haven't seen in a while Penelope I want to watch that that's definitely older <laughs> Christina Ricci but like what a wonderful fun movie her and James McAvoy like a great pairing on that one
1: I was literally going to ask you if that was the downfall of Christina Ricci was Penelope,
2: <laughs> Penelope. <laughs> it's so good I love that movie I mean I haven't seen it since I was really young but See, but you have to rewatch,
0: re-watch. yeah because this is the, what happens when you rewatch old movies is you get like different feelings about them i still came away from the movie loving christina ricci like she is the, uh the actress that when i was a kid and i watched now and then that's more iconic for me is, is now and then that was more at my alley um i loved her the most because she played like the tomboy who like you know she had like the round face like i always had i just we were brunettes you know he kind of connected with her um she's she's great in this film
2: Ah, uh, fun fact as well, that in now and then is also her and Devin Sawa.
1: Yeah, yes. crazy. <laughs> they're, just, nice. they're just meant to be those two. I surprisingly, I I doubt that they had a little separate rendezvous, but who knows? Maybe they did. That would have been yeah, like a, s- that would have been the plot of a rom com right there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would have loved that. I would I would watch that movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Yes a modern day kind of like how um, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore always seem to find each other in oh, films. Yes. Maybe it's just yep. like what they do. And maybe we need kind of a, a movie now with the two of them. That would be fun. I'd watch it.
2: I would love that. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Let's let's make it happen. If you guys are listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Next up on our list is Kathy Moriarty and she plays the, the villain in this movie uh, Kerrigan um she is so funny i was watching this movie and i'm like where do i know her from like it just her voice is very distinct and she sounds like kind of like that like like the heavy smoker like the chain smoker raspiness in her voice (laughs) kevin what is what is she in
2: yeah that's the one that like i i feel like it's a warped memory because i feel like i had seen her in so many things but Nothing really yeah. stuck out to me. I, I think it maybe was just this, but the voice is what's distinct. I feel like she had like a very 90s villain voice that really stuck mm-hmm. out to me. Um, and it's almost it's weird. It's like I don't want it's it's horrible to say this, but I also feel like her casting in this, I could have so seen um oh my god, why am I blanking on this? Uh Moira from Schitt's Creek.
0: <gasps> yes. I can't
2: believe I'm blanking on her name right now, but she's in Beetlejuice. She's uh, Catherine O'Hara, thank you. My yes. god, uh, Catherine O'Hara, I could totally have seen in this role, um, as well. And it's just like, this, you know, this actress is like somewhat there, but not quite. But the voice, I think, is what sells her as, as like villain. the villain of this.
1: Yeah. yeah, I do know one film that she was in that, um, I watched was But I'm a Cheerleader, which is oh wow, that's a strange movie because. My first experience with But I'm a Cheerleader was when I was fairly young and I thought it was bring it on. But if you don't know (laughs) the concept to But I'm a Cheerleader, it's um, very different. And (laughs) let's just say I was pretty surprised um, watching this movie about 20 minutes in. Um, But it's, um, it's a cult classic and I actually watched it. Uh, fairly recently, the entire movie's on YouTube, and I watched it on 1.5. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the weirdest thing about that movie is that Natasha Leone's in it, and I had no mm-hmm. recollection that that was Natasha Leone. Like, I think that this is, I, I'm pretty convinced that this is another Mandela effect because I think that there's a different actress in my head that played that role, but that's neither here nor there. It was definitely <laughs> Natasha Leone, and it's definitely not Bring it on.
2: <laughs> I, if I'm not mistaken, because I, I saw that movie, um, I think when I was in high school, possibly, um, because it is Natasha Leon in that. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Cleo Duvall is in it, and along with Dante Basco is also in it, um, a.k.a. Rufio from Hook um, is in that movie as well. So like that stuck out to me just because of the time period. And the actresses and actors that were in it, I was like, that movie clicked into my brain because those were all people that I was it, it was the right timeline, right? Like like Hook was a big deal for me. And so yeah. like having those people in this movie, I was kinda like, oh yes, but I'm a cheerleader. I I know this movie now. It's like locked into my head.
1: Hook is everything.
0: It's yes. everything. Hook is really good. Um, I
2: am obsessed with Hook. If if you guys ever do that, I will what are you, so what glad we come back to that one.
0: What year is that coming? Uh
2: 1998.
0: Is it late? It might be late. I was going to say, oh, it's it's early 90s? I could
2: have It's either early or late 90s. It's either 98 or like. As long as
0: it's in the 90s, we could certainly. Guys, I have bad news. Oh, wait, no, no, good
1: news. 91
0: oh good yeah good, good. okay so let <laughs> that can put news. it on the list that's the tough <laughs> part that's the, part.
2: Hard. Yeah. That's the yeah. hard
0: part we've been discovering is we'll like we'll look up a movie like i had watched it for the first time when harry met sally and i'm obsessed with it after watching it for the first time and it was in 89 and i was like oh come on. Like, come on you're off
2: that's a great movie uh, yeah it's, that is a, a, that is a hard part home. um yeah. a lot of the stuff too i was trying to think of for this right like there's so many things in Casper specifically that I feel like crossover to tropes of kids movies of the time, but it's also like late eighties, yeah. early nineties tropes. So it's like where to like pinpoint like, Oh yeah, this was in Goonies. Nope. Wait, that was the eighties. You know, it, it's, there is so much crossover yeah. between these time periods.
0: Yeah. Like the over, like again, like Kathy Moriarty is a, like a specific type of villain that is very nineties, you know, uh, usually women, you know, like Corella Deville style of villain, Um, is is Kathy Moriarty in this movie. And then we have her, like, henchman, I guess you'd say, Eric Idle, and he plays Dibs. Um, He's been, like, mainly I saw on his IMDb, like, Monty Python. Like, all Monty Python. He is
2: one (laughs) of the, yeah, he's one of the founders of the Monty Python Flying Circus crew. (laughs) I mean, that's where I know him from. Did you guys not know Eric Idle? Oh, no, I'm old.
1: (laughs) No, we're just uneducated. That's the difference. (laughs) Yes, also, yes, yes
0: literally anybody who listens to the podcast is like they don't know about sports they don't know about this they don't know about that like we're
1: like useless to everybody except like very specific 90s things um okay but he was in uh, the narrator in ella enchanted and oh, i've seen that uh we've seen that and he was in um he has some sort of involvement with honey i shrunk series but he was not in the honey I shrunk series Hmm. I
2: think he might have been a director or writer quite possibly but he hmm. was definitely I think involved in that um because he he along with doing acting and a lot of the other Monty Python people who include uh like John Cleese uh Terry Gillum um Michael Palin I believe are the four that come straight to mind but they were uh, a comedy, a British comedy troupe. They did uh, a sketch show way back when. They had Monty Python and the Holy Grail is probably the most well-known movie. But they have done not only stuff in front of the camera, but they also do a lot of stuff behind the camera and will end up directing or producing surprising films that you never expected. Um, so that's that's maybe where you uh, might be familiar with his work or just from that area without knowing it was him.
0: hmm Yeah, did, he certainly, his IMDb was like, A really long list of like a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of things.
1: I did see the Monty Python uh Broadway show. So I'm not
2: Oh, uh Spam a lot?
1: I saw Spam a lot, like twice, I think. Because I was a big Tim Curry fan. So um fun fact, Tim Curry does not come to the stage door if it's raining. so just just so you know in case i find myself at a broadway play
0: anytime soon you know
2: right oh yeah um Um,
1: yeah so then the the uncles next
0: yeah so we have like the three uncles the one that i obviously recognized the most was brad garrett who's on you know iconic everyone loves raymond star his voice immediately you know it's him and he played i believe he was like fatso right yeah yes yeah
2: Yeah, Brad Garrett. I mean, that voice is so recognizable. And I think I another thing I read about this was that this was his first voiceover role. For someone whose voice now I feel like is so iconic to various things. Someone must have like when Casper came out, they must have been like, my God, this is his calling.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You'd think he'd mean everything. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, this is the guy. We got him.
0: Yeah, and then we have uh, Joe. I, I don't know how to say his last name. Is it Napote? Napote? Nipote? 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 <laughs> I'm not exactly sure, but he plays Stretch. Um, he, I didn't see a lot. I saw Viper, which I recognized, but beyond that, I don't. I didn't recognize his voice.
2: Yeah, I feel like him and Stinky were the two that that did not recognize them as like immediate voices at all. Because um, mm-hmm. Brightyard, like I think, is so distinct. Um, right. So yeah, I, I'm I, I was definitely not super duper familiar with 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 uh, Stretch and Stinky.
1: Um, okay, so Stinky, who is played by Joe Alasky, who um actually is a huge voice actor, most yeah. notably for yeah. me is the voice of Grandpa Lou Pickles from Rugrats. Oh. shame on both of
2: you. I
1: See, I didn't recognize him
0: from that, but when I was looking through his IMDb, I saw Yosemite Sam and, like, Bugs Bunny, and those I, like, obviously... But, I mean, if he's putting on a voice as a voice actor, I'm not necessarily going to recognize him as Stinky if he's, like, talking normally. Yes, of course. But he's
1: been in pretty much everything. He was in, like, Johnny Bravo. He was in... Um codenames Kid Next Store. He was in like seems he was seems like he was in practically everything. So if you needed a voice actor in the 90s, it seems like this was the guy to do it. <laughs> yeah. And um,
2: and
0: then Devin Sawa, obviously, he's he's not he's a small part because he's not the voice actor for Casper. It's uh Malachi Pearson who I haven't seen for Malachi Pearson, I didn't see anything beyond like some stuff in the 90s. Um, but um, it's weird that they <laughs> didn't have Devon Sawa as the voice of Casper. I
2: feel like I think maybe that 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 kid voiced Casper previously or something, like he it's like a recognizable Casper oh. voice, maybe. Because Casper okay. sound I, I feel like in my head, Casper sounds a very specific way. And I, I think that's why they had it that way and not had Devon Sawa, who was 12 that's actually one of the things that that throws me as an adult watching this movie because as a kid you don't really separate I think kids from each other but like as an adult I'm like Casper feels like he's like seven or eight years old and Christina Ricci is way too old for him
1: Casper seemed
0: very childlike and I know we're told that the ghost was like 12 when he when he died when Casper died
1: he was 12 but the voice sounds like a six-year-old like very young but also <laughs> casper's like a hundred years old which i'll get into later yeah kind of so, kind of creepy
2: <laughs> yeah and i think the devon Sawa part of course is they they cast that they had devon Sawa to make it more acceptable that right. <laughs> christina Ricci is dancing with with a an actual someone around her age and right. i just remember and i feel like you know I, I i i can only speak to myself but i have heard from Many, many of my female friends that Devin Sabble in this role though was a defining moment for a lot of them. <laughs> like when he shows up and it was just like, My God. Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. You looked at him and you're like, oh, oh, who is he though? Yeah. Um, I wanted to know. But uh, Malachi Pearson talking about cute, like he's pretty cute in this Wikipedia photo. How like <laughs> is, is he looking? in the Wikipedia?
2: is he he a Devin Sawa though that's the real question
1: no he's 39 and he looks like he's like a cousin of um, of uh, Paul Abraham so but like cuter and this is Big Brother oh yeah Paul Abraham Abraham. okay
0: sorry I don't know how to say it but yes see all I see on IMDB when I pull it up is him and him as
1: Casper (laughs) which isn't helpful no no
2: no no I will say too um Devin Sawa at the time and like for me it was such a weird thing because I I remember distinctly like it was this movie and I used to watch Little Giants a lot and uh, Devin Sawa yeah. is like a main character in Little Giants, which also had Ed O'Neill and Rick Moranis. Uh, I sadly don't remember the actress who played Icebox, but what a what a character again uh, for, for young yes. Kevin at the time, uh, defining a type for me, I suppose, um, <laughs> with Icebox. But I love that movie, and Devin Sawa was in that. And I remember I had not seen him again. Like, there was that time period, you know, with Now and Then. And then mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, he did stuff, but just nothing I saw. And then I saw Final Destination, which is mm-hmm. a horror movie like the first movie is one of my like i think high recommendations of a great horror film and he was in that as the main character and i remember being like Devin Sawa, is that is that Casper like what? like he, he's an adult now he's an adult human man
0: yeah uh, he's i would say for me like i i would have said he was cuter in now and then because that was the movie that i watched more um but i don't think i think i was a little bit too young at that point to have him be the one that kind of like hooked me in um, because they, like this came out in 95. I'm not sure when now and then was, was it after this? Ninety five. It was the same year. Oh, it was the same year. So I was, yeah, I was too young at that point. I saw it much later when I was like 13 and then I thought he was cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah. And then one other thing to note, because that's kind of pretty much everybody. One other thing to note before we start like kind of getting into our favorites and not favorites of the movie is... Sarah, I don't know if you noticed that Chauncey Leopardi is also in this film in the very beginning. So he is, Kevin, I don't know if you know, but Sarah accuses me of having an obsession with the movie Sandlot um, because there are so because, right, many. Because
2: rightfully so. Thank Rightfully you. so. He wrote
0: Sandlot. Thank you. <laughs> so there, like... are so <laughs> there are so many characters that show up on Boy Meets World that are from Sandlot. And this kid squints. Is literally in everything. And that's who he plays like Nikki and it's like in the very first scene. And I just saw him and I was like, this kid's in everything
1: in the 90s.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's I, a good, it's a good bit to have.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I am so over this dude. Like, go away. Like, I just hey.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm all no. If if, if if it's if it's someone sandlot related, like have them around forever. Uh, I I love Sandlot. That that is a movie mm-hmm. I am obsessed with, and I I I I maybe it was just a defining moment for me, like the right age as as like a boy watching like sports, and yeah. I was in Little League, and like, but like James Earl Jones is in that movie. I love the the mm-hmm. ending. There's something like not Stephen Kingian, but like just this idea of like the childhood to adulthood, this coming of age, where you see them as adults as they all drift away as friends. I don't know. There was something yes. so fascinating and interesting about that uh for me about this summer this defining summer for these kids that stuck with them forever that i yeah that i'm, I'm obsessed with that movie so i i, I yeah. didn't realize that it was squints but like that's amazing now i'm so excited about that <laughs>
0: yeah fact. he's in everything and it's funny you mentioned that because now that i think about it i i feel like um watching there are two people i can think of when i think of like boys that i was like I had such a big crush on as a young kid. And Benny in Sandlot was one of them. Benny the Jet. Benny the Jet Jet was one of them. Uh, He was so cute, so dreamy. Benny the Jet, the best baseball player on the team. But Sarah hates Sandlot. We're eventually certainly going to cover it, so she better
2: get ready. What are your feelings on Mighty Ducks? Because he's in Mighty Ducks too. Oh,
1: no, I watch Mighty Ducks. I've just never seen Sandlot. And Jessica talks about Sandlot, like, every day (laughs) as if, like, she, it's in her contract of like voice <laughs> speaking that she has to man- mention Sandlot at every single podcast. It's like she's obsessed. She wrote it or something. I just don't know <laughs> why. It's like we always have to talk about Sandlot because the cast. Because like I me. said,
0: uh, yeah, it's like it's um in Boy Meets World. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, he shows up in it a few times. Squints shows up in it. It's like for some reason, all these actors are like very i I don't know they just reused them all and everything
2: uh the kid Uh, in there who was their the catcher also like was in like heavyweights he's another person who who appears in a ton of movies in the 90s um and i like sarah i feel like you're gonna hate sandlot when you finally watch it just because it's been talked to so much you're gonna be like this movie sucks this is terrible (laughs) i know
1: she's acting like it's like freaking shawshank redemption this is but hot. it does It talks about Sandlot. But I will say, like, you'll see it does.
0: I, I just watched Sandlot uh, over the summer and it does hold up. I will say it does. It, hold she up.
1: watches Sandlot once a week. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so so getting
0: getting back into Casper, um, I will say that something that that didn't hold up for me, because I'm sure we'll talk a lot about stuff we loved about it. Something that didn't really hold up for me is I didn't really understand at the end, like okay so like the ghosts when they turn into ghosts when someone dies and they turn into a ghost they can't move on until they've like fulfilled whatever it is they need to fulfill in their life but they have no memory so there's like no chance of that happening but then like okay well then what are like what does casper need to fulfill what is stinky and fatso and and what do they need to fulfill?
1: yeah that was that was definitely one of my questions as well that i was planning on bringing up at some point um I, I and maybe we can, like, break it down by character. I have no idea what the uncles have to fulfill. And I, I, I don't, and do they all have to fulfill the same thing? Um, or do they all have individuals? They don't seem like they have, like, their own things. And they're just honestly here for, like, the shits and giggles of it all. So I don't really, yeah. like, I don't think they're meant to move on unless, like, I don't know. I mean, I think if anything, um is they took a step forward in like making connection with um James Harvey, Dr. James Harvey, and mm-hmm. actually fulfilling a promise that they made with him in the beginning of the movie. Um and that promise was I mean, I don't know when if we could get into it or when. So basically they said if you keep Kerrigan off our backs, um, then we will bring um, the wife to you. Yeah, his late wife. Amelia. Amelia, yes. thank you. So they actually kept a promise, which is like shocking. Um, but besides, and like, if if there's any character development for them, like that was it. And I don't know how much more they can do. And Casper, it seems like all he wants to do. I mean, can I say it? All Casper wants to do is get, like, is Netflix and chill. <laughs> and I think, like, once Casper finally gets there, then he's fulfilled all he wants. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: I I definitely, okay, I, I the uncles are something I want to get into. Like, when we start talking about stuff that yeah. doesn't hold up to me, I'll get to there. But you are totally right about the, the unfinished business part. And just in general, like, what are the rules because like another part that sticks out to me is like the continuity and rules of ghosts don't make a lot of sense is the fact that like they can pass through stuff we've seen it done all the time they're not bound to the house because they leave the house so like why do they all stay there and also they get sucked up into the vacuum at one point and the uncles are like trapped in the vacuum but i'm like but why you guys can like float out of that like you've proven that you can move through objects why is that a detriment at all and, like, yeah, the, the moving on thing is weird because Casper specifically, too, right? Like, he says when he starts to have his memories back, like, oh, I stuck around because I wanted to keep my dad company. So he haunted his dad. But then his dad eventually, yes. like, died. So, like, he did keep his dad company. Like, didn't he fulfill his promise then? Shouldn't he have just passed on and went um, right. at that point? And yet the uncles, not only do I feel like they have no... Um goal that it seems to be like what they're trying to stick around for. Like they have no, like you said, no character arc. They they learn zero lessons. They are just jerks from the beginning of this movie <laughs> to pretty much the end of this movie. And right. they do like the one good thing. But I'm like, that's not enough. You guys are you guys are mean, awful people <laughs> or yeah. goats, I guess. Wait,
1: okay, hold on. Are they malicious
0: or are they just like here for the lols? I would say they're certainly malicious in the beginning. And then, like, the only redeeming quality is, like, when the, the Dr. Harvey does the speech in the in the bar and they're getting all drunk and everything and they're like, oh, my God, he's so nice. We should let him live. And then then he dies, of course, like maybe you can count that. But beyond that, you can't delineate any of them from one another. Like they're all the same personality, which like I think is kind of you always this is like such a '90s thing, too. There's always a fat friend like there always is one. And, and his name is Fatso. So there you go. But, yeah, they don't really have care. They don't have personalities beyond being troublemakers right yeah i I don't know i mean we we need to like yeah it's no yeah i'm never ending with them
2: (laughs) this is the part that doesn't hold up very well to me and i think it's also because Mm -hmm. i'm adult and i think their humor is maybe child-based but they are like there's and i think this is a specific late 80s 90s thing in my head and i I, i'm trying to like call recall certain stuff but i feel like mean somewhat abusive family members are a trope of the time period and it's played yeah, Matilda, um, there was the mean uncle in like home alone, but it's always like played for laughs. And I'm just kind of like, no, this is not okay. And it, it's just a yeah. thing that sticks around. But also, even beyond their maliciousness, which I feel which I find like just kind of like they are they treat Casper like he's a servant, which is crazy. Um, I don't know. I mean, he says they're my uncles. I don't know if I agree with that. I have a I have a conspiracy theory in my head about this because they don't remember their past. That's the whole deal, right? The way they right. act and everything, it doesn't feel like actual family. And I honestly, what I think, also when Casper talks about the fact that he died, his uncles are never mentioned. Like That's he what never I was like, when did that. each
0: of them die? I want to know when right. all of them died and so how the timeline goes.
2: My conspiracy theory is thus. My theory is Casper was the first to die. He was a ghost. He forgot his own past. And I think... By just from the way they act, I think those three are like criminal drifters who mm. held up inside this house that was haunted and no one went to, and they eventually died in that house, and then they <gasps> stuck around, and because everyone's yeah. memories got wiped, they just associate like, well, I guess you know they're they must be my uncles, and they're just taking care of him. So I think honestly, that's what happened. Is that they are yeah. like. Criminal drifters who held up in that house and passed away because the way they act, they are they act like 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 uh, Harry and Marv from, from I was going to say Alone. it's very Home
0: Alone-esque. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And my other question, which like maybe this is a plot point that I missed, but Kerrigan inher- inherits the house, right? So her father, right, it's her father who owned it. And died and- no, I
2: think it's I think it's her. Like she, I think she did one of those. Like she got with an old older gentleman oh, in no, order to no, get I'm the inheritance.
1: I'm pretty sure. Really, I'm pretty sure she said her father. Well, either oh, way, is my it?
2: Okay. Is If
0: if if she is related, then. I don't know. Oh, no, it is her father. Yeah, I'm looking at the wiki now. So, right. So it's her father, right? So you, one would assume then that the house has passed through generations. So is she not
1: related to these ghosts? Yeah. That's I, a
2: good question. That was
1: my question <laughs> as well. And this is actually what I really want to know. If they are drifters, because I'm going down that path with you, I love it. Why did they choose to share one room with twin-sized beds in a mansion that's humongous? <laughs> and why did they want to... Why did they all have to name their... Like, carve their beds? names in the back? They carve
2: their name Because to me, like, that is also quintessentially... 90s and 80s like uh, harry and marv are a great cop because harry and marv would have done that harry and marv named themselves like the wet bandits the sticky bandits like it just feels so Mm -hmm. quintessentially of that time period that i could absolutely believe a 90s version of three criminal drifters would have just held up in one room all three of them together (gasps) and carved their nicknames (laughs) into the bed
1: yeah the house is huge (laughs) that's huge and they're going to let casper who i essentially like think that this is just like Cinderella rebranded it's like so they let <laughs> Casper aka Cinderella get the biggest room
2: that doesn't make any
1: sense <laughs>
0: No, none of it not, I'll be like a lot of this doesn't make sense and that's why again like I don't remember watching this in my childhood so now when I watch it as an adult with my with a critical eye I'm like how is this like I mean it was fun it was better than Halloween Town which was like a, a mess from start to finish it was it was better than that, but it still doesn't really hold up. Like my other question was like, okay, this this Dr. Harvey, right? He goes from being a therapist. His wife dies. Now he's a therapist to ghosts. Obviously, he's never seen a ghost based on his reaction when he actually gets to the, the house. So, he's so What has
2: he been he doing? Is. What has he been doing this whole time? Yes.
1: <laughs> he's a fraud, but then he gets mad at his daughter for saying that ghosts aren't real. So that's questionable. It doesn't make any sense.
2: It yeah, it's wild. It's I, wild. I just, it, and, and these are our heroes. These are This is the person we're cheering for. Someone who clearly has, I think, been grifting poor people who think their loved ones are around and has faked it the entire time. Like, it's crazy. Like, that. there's so much <laughs> wild, wild, insane stuff in this movie. I think... And this is, like, I think borderline between, to me, does it hold up or is it ridiculous? And I, I, I'm I leaning ridiculous. But the fact that Dan Hackroyd shows up at the beginning of this movie as Ray Stance a Ghostbuster mm-hmm. to bust this house. Oh. Like he's wearing the outfit in character. Who's he going to call? Insane Not to me, me that that yeah. happened. At the same time, of course, Dan Aykroyd did that. That absolutely yeah. feels like Dan Aykroyd would be like, sure, I'll do this thing and put Casper in a continuity <laughs> of Ghostbuster."
1: I know. they. This movie got a lot of really good cameos for mm-hmm. literally one minute of screen time. So they got Ben Stein of of win benstein's money fame they got dan Aykroyd, they got um rodney dangerfield R- rodney dangerfield they got clint eastwood clint eastwood mr rogers mm-hmm. um
2: mel gibson Mel
1: gibson <laughs> how did they get all these
2: people yeah it's it's crazy <laughs> that and I feel like that's another weird thing of the time period like maybe people were just way more loosey-goosey back then and now there's so much more like contracting and money and other stuff but I feel like people would just show up in movies in the like 90s mm-hmm. and just be like oh yeah just there for a hot second and then they're gone and it's just like that's so like th- that's a 90s thing uh Ben Stein is a great call out as a very 90s thing because like he was everywhere like whenever you needed a like monotone guy to be a teacher or some sort of like lawyer ben Mm -hmm. stein's your man he will show up and do that because like he's in the mask as well it's a very very particular role that ben stein was cast in for everything in the 90s for this
0: yeah it is it just has some of those very like we said like very 90s tropes very 90s actors like the the scene where she's riding on a um the chair down to like the the his laboratory, I guess, was the most 90s thing I've ever seen, where you had the things flying like a car wash, yes. things flying at her face, like, so 90s. And I literally turned to to Will, and I was like, this, or he said to me, and I was thinking the same thing, like, this should have been, like, an amusement ride at, like, a theme park, the chair, like, going through those things. But that's so, such a 90s trope to have, like, oh, your hair brushed by machines. <laughs> I The Wild
2: that. Inventor, yeah. Yes. Like, it's, it's really fun, but the Wild Inventor, Totally is like a thing that they always did. I feel like um,
1: that's called it's called the fixer upper machine. I think it was so, the
2: fixer upper machine. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's what the so um, Casper's father was like a brilliant inventor, and not only mm-hmm. did he invent the the what, the Lazarus, but he invents um, that breakfast machine from when Casper was a host of a bed and breakfast in the towards the beginning of the movie, which I. Which I do have to get into that scene, but he invented the Lazarus, that egg machine. He invented, um, yeah, the oh no, it's called the Up and Adam machine.
2: The Up and Atom, yeah, <laughs> Up
1: and Adam. Uh
2: It's such a thing. It's so weird.
1: I, I think
0: about it. Right? It. Did we did we mention Rugrats? That uh, Tommy's dad wasn't he an inventor? He oh was. yeah,
2: Phil Pickles yeah. was an inventor. Yeah. It's like
0: if there's always like an architect or an inventor, <laughs>
2: dad. Yeah. It and like it's it's specifically to, like the the almost like Rube Goldberg esque style inventions where it's a lot of moving parts and pieces, things leading one yes. thing into the next. Um, like you know, P.B. Herman had that. Obviously, like Doc Brown and Back to the Future had it. There was like it is so much of a trope. Like like there's a wild inventor, and you're gonna see their inventions, which are gonna be the most elaborate way to get a single thing accomplished. It's just crazy.
1: Does it take more or less time for you to like? shower and shave and brush her hair in the up and out of machine or in real life I don't have a beard please Well, also
0: I have a quip and I will tell you that the amount of time that you would be brushing your teeth with that machine is
1: insufficient that is not enough time that wasn't even 30 seconds for one quadrant of your mouth
2: (laughs) yeah that's 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 inefficient dental hygiene and you know Mm -hmm. yeah I cannot support such things um I'm a I'm an aggressive brusher. Uh, I don't I, I will say a, a thing that I am I get slack for a lot in this house is that I only brush once a day, but I brush aggressively and for a while. So like that's my excuse. <laughs>
1: so, t- so 20 minutes and hard enough to make your gums bleed.
2: Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> Perfect. I mean I think that's sufficient enough. There yeah.
0: you go. <laughs> um so do we have anything else we want to get into as far as like things that did not did not hold up uh from the movie before we get into things that we thought did
1: hold up okay hold on so we we were we have to d- discuss the the big elephant in the room but before okay. we get to that um I just want to say the most haunting and chilling scene for me that stuck out for about 20 years or whatever since this <laughs> film is the bed and breakfast scene where the uncles who apparently can still taste and apparently still enjoy food like consume plates and it's not the breakfast food that Casper like made for them before it's it's desserts right they're eating cakes or something and they
2: that's totally what it looks like and yeah.
1: they eat it and it ugh, it Falls on the floor and, like, (laughs) eaten crumb. So, like, the teeth work. They chew it. And it just drops on the floor. Like, it's disgusting. And then Casper just tries to sweep it up. And then they, like, say, don't sweep it up because we're going to eat that food again later. Which is, like, revolting. And then, and then, like, they, like, spit it up or something else onto dr james harvey which was even more disgusting and there's one scene i remember in the entire movie after all these years is that scene
2: it haunts me that scene is that scene sticks out to me as well but for a a, a separate reason that like maybe again muddled memory because i did not go back and look but I remember that specific, like, that specific moment where he does the, like, give me my meal and throws Casper and all that, and they do the eating and it goes through their body, right? But I also remember that they launched a Casper TV series, an animated TV series, uh, like, after this movie. And they lifted that scene. They, like, redid that scene in, like, I feel like the first episode of the cartoon. Like, the beat for beat about give me, give me my meal and everything. And I was so, even then was confused and as an adult doubly confused to be like why would you just lift the same joke in the same moment like the people you're trying to get to watch the show most likely are the ones who watch the movie so like why redo this i mean i guess maybe because kids are dumb and they just like to see the same thing over and over again but it was so odd to me that that happened
1: I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like looking at it. I don't like thinking about (laughs) it. I don't want to see it again and I certainly don't want to I I would rather skip over that scene than revisit it. I don't know why it disturbs me but it makes me feel uncomfortable.
2: There's something gross about it.
0: Yeah. It's gross. It's it's a very like childish gag right? Like it's to get kids laughing. That's definitely what it is. is.
1: Oh my god he's eating poop. You know. Is that supposed to make me laugh? Because well, I you're think not a that's... child. <laughs> I mean, once again, calling out that I'm 31. <laughs> she loves to do this. She loves because she's still 29. She's not 30 yet. She loves so to, like, young. You're like, ooh, you're so fountain of youth over here. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to talk about uh, my age at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh.
1: So okay. So what about you guys? There's the big thing that I want to talk about. Uh, about casper being a creep but is there anything else that does not hold up for you guys besides that that thing
2: i think it's the same thing we're both thinking thinking of because that moment okay. also does that like Is it a specific phrase because that doesn't hold up for me at all yes
1: <laughs> it's that so okay it's uh jessica before i start ranting anything that you want to bring up <laughs> besides that no i think we're all on the same page okay. here so it's the fact for me that number one casper sees cat on, like, a 60-minute special, and the whole reason why Dr. James Harvey and Kat go there is because he sees her on the TV, which are reporters at the school, and, like, harassing her, but gets, like, a instant, like, gosh... Can I just say an instant- We're an explicit podcast, okay, okay. you may I say. know, it, we're with company, so Kevin, I'm sorry, but he got an
2: Oh, instant- no, it's fine.
1: He got an instant boner seeing her, uh, <laughs> and he, like, takes... He 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 He's the reason he orchestrates it there, so that's number one. Number two, we can flash forward a little bit, like, he is, like, uber creepy, trying to introduce her, or him, to herself, and then, like, I think the creepiest is when um, she – okay, so all he wants is – there's the the Halloween party, which is, like, a whole other thing because, like, I, there's no – there's no business. Like, they're essentially guests in the house, so there's no reason why – cat should be allowed to throw a halloween party in a house that they're not really like living in but that's no like food dip- no drinks no music <laughs> <They're, that's>
2: like- <laughs> yeah what was this party <laughs>
1: <laughs> by the way what that- was she also? What was she? A Halloween costume? What was that? Um, a bride? She was a bride because Casper of all the clothes that the mother has in the entire house, of course, fucking <laughs> Casper brought out the wedding dress because he's a predator. He's a hundred years old, mind <laughs> you. <so> this motherfucker <laughs> is not twelve like he's pretending to be. He's a hundred years old. Why does he not want to date somebody like relevant to his age? Like I don't know. Like he can date anybody. He can go. After Cindy Crawford if uh, he wants To but no he goes after Kat Who's 13 years old disturbing But it's, it's You know what it is It's can I keep you it's the can I keep you of it all is it not
2: Ugh. It's Yeah that line I remember As a kid being like in Like into it like as Like oh how sweet but as an adult It's just like what does that mean And like why like there's Just so many things wrong with that phrasing especially. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I, I will say in somewhat defense of, of Casper, I do think that he he's not like the Cullens, right? Like to me, yeah, Edward Cullen and crew are creepers because Edward and them as vampires, I think have retained their memory and they sort right. of established that Casper and the uncles like lose their memory. So I think Casper is perpetually stuck in the mentality of a 12 year old and he can't like, go past that that said what an awful awful point in time to be stuck as because you are right though right he has a ghost boner because he's 12 he's perpetually going through puberty and like stuck in that point where he's going to be like forever horny basically
0: yep can i just say that like beyond the can i keep you line which was very creepy what creeped me out is she's like laying in bed he's like laying next to her kisses her hi that was not consensual Casper also (laughs) then if you're if let's pretend he's still like okay he's 11 he is a ghost but he kind of feels like a boy right it's like a Pinocchio type of thing he curls up at the bottom of her bed like a dog like what was he doing this is so Weird. And that was, like, to me, very weird and problematic. Like, don't sleep in her bed with her. Like, that's so creepy. Like, it is creepy when you think about it. And the fact that he, like, wants to become a human, even if it's for just a few hours to kiss her. Well, what does she do now? She can't date a ghost. So. It's true. What's going to happen? You're a ghost forever. Are they all just going to live happily ever after in the house? It's weird. Well, yeah. Kevin, go
1: ahead.
2: No, you go. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, it it is. It's so weird, but also at the same point, I think she's socially awkward and stunted, obviously, as well. Like, one of my most ridiculous beats, and while it's... Well, it's a small detail, it made me laugh. Where Casper takes her over to the lighthouse and her question, and he, she's like, Do you come here often? And he's just like, Yeah. And she's like, By yourself. And I'm like, Who would he be coming with? He was just, <laughs> <laughs> like, it was such a weird question to ask. It's
1: like, him. No, I, I actually also bring my six other 12 year old girlfriends right. that I lured to the lighthouse. <laughs> but like, he didn't, she didn't like, okay, so this was not like an Aladdin moment where he's like do you trust me and she's like yes I trust you like let's go on this carpet and like fly off to (laughs) drags her by the foot and goes here bitch you're coming with me (laughs) like sorry about it she's like no she's like no don't do it but he does it anyway so he drags (laughs) her Drags her by the foot yeah. and brings her to the lighthouse. So um once again, that was not with permission. But yeah, yeah like who 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 would she well, who would he bring her bring to the lighthouse? The uncles aren't going to the lighthouse.
2: No, they're yeah. going to bars.
1: <laughs> going to bars. <laughs> How do they get drunk? Uh, um
0: the question, so others- they, can't. <laughs> they can't. They can't. They I mean, does it pass right through
1: them that just goes on the floor? I don't know. Yeah, Um, I I mean, if I was a bar owner, I would not serve them because it just seems like (laughs) a mess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the one other minor thing that I just feel like wasn't fully explained, or, like, they didn't really dive deep into it, was, like, the boy and the girl, like, the g- guy that she was, like, seemingly interested in, but then he's with that blonde girl, and, like, none of that doesn't really pay off. Like, she gets, like, clotheslined, which is kind of funny, but, like, that's that's it. That's the whole part for them, and I felt like they should have been, obviously we have the big villain, but they could have been much smaller villains, and it didn't pay off at all.
2: I feel like that's also, that that's bizarrely, like, I don't even want to say, it's hard to say, like, I liked it, but it just reminded me, I liked it because it reminded me of a, God, simpler time, the right word, because, like, that's, like, such (laughs) a thing for, like, kids' movies, right? Like, the bully girl, like, you saw, you know, Mercedes McNabb, who, who, Harmony from Buffy, uh, was the, was the similar role in Adam's Family Values um in that and 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 her boyfriend which is always like either yes the jock boyfriend guy with the mean girl who maybe comes around at the end or in this case which i prefer does not come around he's also just a dick um but it it felt like such a trope of the time period and like i remember growing up like thinking that was gonna be high school life And uh, I was sorely disappointed when it wasn't like high school was way more complicated and not anywhere near as cool as like Bayside or anything else. Um, So bizarrely, like that part stuck out as like a sort of like, because it just reminded me of what I wanted my child to be.
1: So who did you want to be in that scenario? Did you want to be the bitchy girl or the rude jock guy or the girl that like gets um, like tricked?
2: right so like you know when they had it in like the the guy perspective right the guy would be into the girl and the guy and and the boyfriend would be the jock right and so then the guy would get with the girl at the end or whatever so like i imagine that like a lot because i I was a kid growing up watching these movies and as an adult i'm like i don't like that trope anymore i kind of hate it especially because like i think for people like these two especially the reason why i'm happy it worked out this way is because those two assholes deserve each other like there happened yes. so many times in the past where a girl will like a clear and obvious asshole or vice versa. Yeah. And the, the, the main character likes them. And I'm like, yo, you got to get your priorities straight. Because if if they are with a clear asshole, they are an asshole by default. <laughs> like, you got to be careful yeah. with that.
0: I guess my issue with it was more of I didn't want her to end up with him. It was just like there was no resolution. Like, why is it like just don't either don't have them in the picture at all. We already have a huge villain. Why do we even need these two kids in it? Or like have her like throw a drink in his face or like have her involved in some way. She was like nowhere to be found when they got clotheslined. It was like, oh, clotheslined, Good, great. They're gone. It was just weird. It was disjointed in my opinion, but it wasn't. That's like a very minor gripe in the larger picture
2: of it all. I also for that scene have to point out that. Uh, what you said is absolutely correct um but when they when they are all dressed up and she's just like oh man we look so cool and their assumption is like this is totally gonna work as if they'll walk out and everyone's just not gonna be like (laughs) oh it's those two clearly on top of each other (laughs) (laughs) kid logic
1: yeah 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 i mean i guess the goal was is that they were like amber her name was amber what the fuck was Amber's problem to begin with? Because she was a bitch from the beginning. Like, she, like, almost, like, ran Cat over with a bike. But, like, the, uh, Amber's plan was that she wanted to scare everybody at the party and ruin it because she was mad because she wanted, at her, she wanted the party at her dad's boathouse. Like, is this what the issue was? She wanted to host the party. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I feel like it was, like, attention wasn't on me and I wasn't the, like... The one who was most yeah. popular at the at that moment, so she got mad.
0: Yeah, I think that's literally all it was. Is she's the popular kid? She doesn't like the new kid getting any attention. Like that was mm. probably about it. I don't think it goes any deeper than that, for sure.
2: Character death. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh. So, um, do we have any other gripes? I feel like we're like bashing the movie. It was good. It's just, it's it's hard <sighs> to like hold up when you have like weird plot hole issues and like creepiness now that it's you know not 1995 anymore
1: (laughs) but like i love this movie i have no gripes with it i just have questions i feel like that's different than gripes it's true
2: yeah it's it's like it's it's always fun to point out this stuff right like just as for fun but like there's no point when watching this movie i wasn't enjoying myself
0: yes that's a good point. Yeah, because it's like we can point out the like weirdness in it, but like it still was a fun movie to watch. I still feel like it, it does put you in the Halloween mood, especially it is very nostalgic. And the like we were talking before, I feel like the CG does does hold up like it's not that bad compared to we watched Halloween Town. That podcast will drop after this one. But like spoiler alert, the costumes are horrendous like they don't look good. And I feel like, and I have referenced like Jurassic Park in that podcast because Jurassic Park is still amazing. I'll watch Jurassic Park like 50 more times, and it's amazing. And it was made before Halloween Town, obviously okay. a much bigger budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was
1: gonna say, but I mean, th- that's future talk, Jessica. We we clearly have not watched Halloween Town. Yeah, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. I mean, I, I think that there was tons of great things about this movie. I'm trying to think of one. Well, the, um, fashion, the fashion. The fashion, I thought.
0: The fashion. Like, I love the chunky sweaters, the high-waisted jeans, like and the, yes. the cardigans. The dad with the cardigans. Yes.
2: That green yeah. cardigan. I want that. I want that so bad. I want to find it and buy it yes. and put it on. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, I love that. I thought that. Like everyone's acting was really good, like except for Amber. She was a horrible actress, but I thought everybody else <laughs> were was great. Um yeah. I love the inventions as we talked about before. Um what do you, what would you guys want in your home uh, out of the three inventions that we've seen? So that's the Lazarus and that's the um bed and breakfast machine. And I guess the last one being the up and up. If you can, if you can put one in your creepy mansion, like which one would you choose? <laughs> or um, just like, a, or if a, a fourth option would be just um, having a bunch of hidden rooms in your home.
2: Hidden rooms is up there. I think for me, if I had enough of the, the juice in it, the lazarus i've made in every every conversation i've had similar to this topic i I make no qualms about the fact that immortality is a superpower i've always wanted and so a lazarus pit that i could just if i died i could just pop myself in and just reduce myself if i need to into it like that is that is a plus for me
0: i feel like I wouldn't choose the Lazarus simply because like at a certain point you're going to be really old, right? So then you just keep reanimating yourself as like this super, if you die of old age, right? You're just going to like reanimate yourself as a super old person. And I also, I mean, depending on how much juice you have, right? Do you want to outlive all of your loved ones? Probably not. That's always been my line of thinking with like the immortality thing. I would definitely never cross my mind on that. (laughs) (laughs) She's thinking about the Deathly Hollows. I think honestly yes like that it comes to mind right the resurrection stone but um right. no i'd probably i wouldn't want the up that thing is terrifying the up and up thing like i don't want razors blades near my face no thank you i would definitely take like the bed and breakfast thing any yeah, <laughs> like, that- hidden rooms are cool
1: too yeah yeah the bed and breakfast thing is definitely helpful if i ever wanted to open up my own bed and breakfast that would be very very helpful um i do have a couple of questions about the lazarus in general um mainly the fact that if the father had enough juice for one person, how did he never wind up resurrecting Casper?
2: My assumption is that he finished it and died before he could use it. And at that point, Casper's yep. memory was really failing him.
0: Didn't they say he went like crazy? But were they just like, was he just like a hermit and like crazy?
1: I think he's crazy like how Belle's dad is crazy from Beauty and the Beast. Okay.
0: Yeah, so maybe, yeah. Crazy
2: I th- old Maurice.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I thought maybe he got, like, shipped off to, like, the loony bin, or you know what I mean? Like, oh, the psych ward and, right, like, he wasn't able to do it. Yeah, because dad's not haunting the house.
2: Yeah, that's right. a good point, yeah.
0: Okay, Because okay. otherwise he would just turn himself into a ghost and then, like, reanimate him, you know, like, wish for, I guess you just, that was my other question is, like, when you die, do you just get to pick? You have, like, a, B, you know, like, I want to be a ghost, I want to be an angel, I want to be, like, do you get to pick? I
1: guess. That is a good question. Because when when Kerrigan dies, like she comes back like instantly. Like she obviously had an intention of becoming the ghost, which is like, okay, actually, this is like my biggest thing about this entire movie is the, okay, so let's talk about Kerrigan and Dibs and their intentions with all of this. Mm. So (laughs) Kerrigan is not happy because she only inherits. The house, this old waterfront mansion in friendly, in Maine. friendly, Maine. So she's not happy because apparently all the millions went to like the birds and like the peacocks and like the 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 meerkats. Um But so she's not happy. But so she th- so she throws the entire folder that has the deed in it into the fire but then they see some weird language about a treasure so the whole reason and the whole motivation of this entire like uh, villainous plot line is that they want the treasure the house is trash even though it's probably on a beautiful plot of like the, the, okay the house is fucking ugly as some of them that's in design i hate it and there's like literally fish <laughs> stairs there's stairs that have fish on it let's just like think about that for a second but so there they, it's beautiful but it's not enough for her she wants money she wants treasure so they want to find the treasure but they can't get into the house because the ghosts fine but when they finally find the treasure which is in the vault Like, two things. Why can't they ask, like, they can't get into the vault? Do they try, like, anything besides pulling on the door to get into the vault? No. Um, So that's why Kerrigan decides to, like, kill herself or dibs to kill himself. It doesn't make sense. Um, But the whole reason why I bring this up is because when they finally, well, they never see the treasure. But when the treasure is finally revealed, it's a fucking... Corey Matthews is haunting us always.
2: <laughs> it is
1: a stupid baseball and a stupid mitt. And yep. it, it's signed by 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 somebody. Who is it signed? By some Brooklyn Dodgers person.
0: We can never escape sports, honestly. I was like, I knew, and I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. And I knew the treasure was going to be something for Casper, like some kid thing. And when it was sports, I was like, are you fucking kidding me?
1: Okay, so sports. Okay, so this dude, this dude, okay, Duke Snyder who um was in, was a a baseball player. But the thing is that Duke Snyder wasn't even born until 1926. So, um <laughs> and we're meant to believe that like Casper was like late like he probably died like late 1800s or very early yeah. 1900s. So, this his favorite baseball player was not even alive when he died and i i think the point is is that this was something that he like was important to him before he 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 died right so this is the biggest plot hole in the entire movie actually
2: i really wish like yeah that's such a weird part of it right because like they didn't establish that at all to make it important because specifically i will say the 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 opposite of it because he pointed out that his dad would be doing his inventions, but he'd always stop to play pirates with him. Um, And I like that note because it pays off at the end when he becomes a real boy. His costume is a pirate. And I loved that payoff. I love that they did that. That's a small detail that I thought was very clever. But the idea of the baseball doesn't align with it because like if the baseball was something if his dad and him played catch instead or something with that, that would have been a, a, like the reveal of like, oh, it's the mitt and the ball his dad played with. There was there was something there. They focused on him and the dad spending time together so much to so just have it yeah. be something they've never mentioned that they've ever done is well, really weird. And it
0: could have been. And it could have been, let's face it, it was a fucking treasure chest. Like, put fucking, like, toy treasure. Put, like, plastic gems. Put chocolate (laughs) coins. Literally. Like, the theme is right there. It's glaring. And it's, I agree with you, it didn't make any sense. He didn't say anything about playing catch with his dad. And like you said, the baseball, signed baseball doesn't make any sense
1: based on the timeline of events, it doesn't seem. Yeah. The it's only weird. hint in the entire movie that he was a baseball fan was when Kat brought him in and she, mm-hmm. she like did the whole entire room um like with his toys and he and he starts to remember he puts on a Brooklyn Dodgers baseball cap and that's the yeah. only inkling in the entire movie that baseball is a thing. They did it to spite us. They went, yeah, went act to spite there's, us. We cannot <laughs> escape baseball ever.
2: I love this baseball (laughs) specifically, too. Um, Yeah, I mean, but that said, the treasure aspect is actually something I'm super into, just because I feel like, again, in the time period, there's always treasure. There's always some sort of treasure that kids had to find. It was, like, a thing that was, like, really big in these types of kids' movies, is that there's a hidden treasure somewhere, and someone wants to get it, and the kids have to find it as well. Yeah,
0: that's true, and it it is nice how it kind of it pays off in that way where it, Oh, it's just the kid's treasure. Like it is fun. Like this is, it's what's meaningful to him. I just wish it was more like you said, in line with what he mentions in the film. Um, Except for, you know, it's a baseball mitt and a ball.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's clearly to give motivation to cardigan, 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 (laughs) 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 To, to Kerrigan and dibs as to, why they want to get into the house. Um, but it, it does not make sense. and and like can can you imagine going through all of that where you're literally trying to kill your assistant slash you're trying to kill your boss over some like stupid signed baseball because they were willing to like literally murder each other and ultimately like Harrigan did get killed. Over a uh, fake treasure. but why was that in the folder? Because what does that have to do? because they're not
0: related, right? They're not related. we don't we don't know. and it doesn't make sense also that she wants to smash the house down when like the treasure literally could be anywhere in there and you might destroy it. Like, yeah,
2: <laughs> it's also like lack of imagination on her part. and I guess she's the villain mm-hmm. so sure because like, Look, if you want money, the moment you find out ghosts are real, you just charge people to go see the ghosts yeah. in your house and you will make a yeah. lot of money. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, that's a good yeah. idea, actually. That's like, that's, you're, you're, you must be a businessman because that's, a, that's it.
2: A, that's yeah. I'm in marketing, so this totally <laughs> tracks.
1: Yeah, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. I love that. Yeah. Um, I do
0: wish that the, I wish that instead of like the, the Casper cat, romance question mark (laughs) at the end I wish they had just left it with the the mom or the the late mom and the dad like that note was perfect right why didn't you stay as a ghost well I you didn't leave me with anything undone in my life my life was so fulfilled by the two of you that I was ready to move on that was like a perfect note I just feel like the the other part was unnecessary and also that actress like they chose I thought it was I don't know. I don't know what you guys think of this. I thought it was interesting that they chose an angel to wear red instead of, like, a blue. Um, That was hmm. a bold choice. I really liked it. And she, with the crazy hair, like, she just, she looked ethereal, like, wonderful. But I thought that was a weird choice. Like, why not blue? Maybe it was just
1: in contrast with the ghosts being white? Maybe. I mean, I think that could make sense. They were bluish-toned, so you wanted to, you wanted it to be, um kind of just like a step difference but mm-hmm. yeah I, I thought that, that was a really nice uh, part too um, and you know she is I thought that that was to be I do wish that Kat was involved in that scene I mm-hmm. think that um, especially because we had her talking a lot about her mother um, so it would have been nice like Casper got to see Kat's mom <laughs> Amelia and like a James Harvey got to see Amelia, but Kat did not because she was too busy like doing a Phantom of the Opera rendition with like some creepy guy that like lures her into dancing with him. <laughs> um so I, I I felt sad because I'm sure like that could have been like they could have included Kat in that nice moment as well. Mm-hmm.
2: I feel torn about that because like on one hand, I definitely like she definitely talks about the mom. Obviously, it'd be nice to have like a reunion moment. But at the same time, I feel like Kat's story wasn't about the mom. Like Kat had somewhat accepted what had happened, uh, whereas the dad clearly had not. And I think like once you introduce the idea that your mom is a ghost and does exist somewhere, like that could be psychologically scarring for like a 14 year old um because it's one thing to see like oh yeah casper and 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 those guys they stuck around but to know i guess that your mom maybe still exists as a ghost could be um you know like like somewhat damaging but i did like the moment between you know uh the mom and the dad right like between amelia and and james i Mm -hmm. thought was really sweet and i'm glad they included that moment between them um because i do think it, it, it was a nice closure for his own his own arc um But yeah, I feel really torn about that, about whether or not Kat should have been involved in that.
1: Yeah. Do angels have different rights in the mortal world than ghosts in this world? Like they're only visitors? They don't... Does Amelia not have the ability to stick around like... I think she does. So ...stretch does?
0: I, I imagine that she does, but she doesn't want to hold her family back from moving on from her death, okay. right? What's the point in her
1: sticking okay. around? Oh, she says that she watches over them. So, yeah. Uh, she's around. What do you guys think about Amelia's three requests on how to, for how James could be a better father? So, if you don't remember this, this is, um, this is like Amelia's motherly advice. Number one, don't pick up the phone extension every time she gets on a call. So this is very relevant to 2020. So with, land, <laughs> with landlines. But good advice. You, solid advice for the time. How do you? How do you feel uh, this advice uh, holds up for 2020? Besides the obvious that we don't have landlines.
2: I mean, I feel like it's solid advice that doesn't go too deep into it. And maybe it should if you did it in a modern-day context. Because, like, it is the instinct. And I think it is one of those, like, um, patriarchal things to be like, a dad has Mm -hmm. to watch over and take control of his daughter's love life. And it's like, "Mm, no, he doesn't. Like, I I think, like, the, the idea of, like, dads possessing their daughter and, like, being like, you know, like, you can't talk to boys or you can't do this is something that was ingrained in a, in a lot of like older stuff that I think should and start has started to drift away from like that topic. Like the movie blockers, yeah. I think does a great job addressing uh, parental oversight like that. Um, but definitely is, is a theme I think of the time period was you, you know, dads need to watch over their daughter. So I do like this. She was just like, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't right, do not do that. The that weird
0: hurt. thing is, it, I find it odd that she says this when he has not been doing that thus far. He could give a shit that Casper's been hitting on his young daughter this entire time. <laughs> like <laughs> He seems like more of an absent parent if nothing else, right? Like being that he's like bringing her cross country all over the place. She's been in how many schools in two years? Like he certainly doesn't seem the most attentive, which is why I found it a bit odd. And maybe she's just like at the precipice of, like, adolescence into, you know, becoming... She's, what, 12, 13? She's right at that point where she's going to be a teenager. Maybe that's why she's bringing it. But I just thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, what the fuck? He didn't do anything
1: about Casper. <laughs> uh, the only thing is that, like, he was about to have, like, the birds and the bees talk uh, yeah. uh, when she wanted <laughs> to get a date a date yes. outfit and not a cute outfit. Um. That was the only time where he seemed to actually want to be an actual father.
2: The the landline part of it, though, is very hilarious just because it it's just not a thing anymore. I mean, obviously, it's a thing that I remember <laughs> yeah. from when I was younger and like being able to listen on to people's conversations by picking up the phone. Um, it's so weird now because like there's um, a- another podcast I'm doing coming up, I guess, spoiler slash preview plug um is going to be on the movie scream and there's a line where they're questioning one of the students and the sheriff says um where is this line i wrote it down uh what are you doing with a cell phone to a teenager? And it's just a hilarious <laughs> line to me now. Like I can't imagine asking a teenager that question today. Where'd you
0: get that cellular device? Yeah, yeah. pull the pull the cord on it. <laughs> the,
1: yeah. the Zach one, the Zach from Safe the by giant Bell. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, good advice. Good advice. Uh, advice number two, which um, French fries are not a breakfast food. Jessica, uh, your <laughs> Favorite food is known to be French fries. Yes. <gasps> do you think Mine that- too. Yes. <laughs> oh <laughs> so as two people that uh, might be the biggest fr- uh, fans of French fries in the entire galaxy, do you think that French fries are a breakfast food or not? I think they can be because I don't really see the difference between them and hash browns. Like it's like
2: exactly, essentially like- the same thing hash browns like uh home fries in home the morning fries. like potatoes are yeah. a thing french fries isn't an anytime you want food yeah. um i'm actually making french fries after this call for dinner there you go um i love french fries they are i think they are pri- quite probably my favorite food because i mm-hmm. could eat them at any point now i'm very picky about french fries i need the right crisp on them and everything but, okay i can see that um, Yeah, but I, I, yeah, strong disagree where it's like, they're not at breakfast, but I'm like, they can be. What are you talking about? I mean, if
0: you're solely having French fries, probably not the healthiest, most well-rounded breakfast, but like (laughs) as a part of a breakfast meal, I think they're fine.
1: All right, all right. So we disagree with that bit of advice from Amelia. And lastly is... um, My favorite. (laughs) Don't ask to uh, for cat to wear a t-shirt underneath her bathing suit so who the fuck does that
2: underneath (laughs) like that's under what over over over, it makes makes sense sense.
1: under Under.
2: if you have to specify to him not to do that there's a host of other (laughs) issues you need to discuss because he is a mess like if he is like you need to wear a t-shirt under your bathing suit He's got he's got a lot going wrong here that that, is, that he is yeah. out of touch of stuff.
1: Yeah, I know he's out of touch. He's out of touch absolutely. <laughs> um So those are three tidbits of advice. I mean, I don't think that we agree with Amelia's advice, but then again, Amelia is uh, a ghost or no, she's an angel. <laughs> angel. Uh, so what does she know? Yeah. Uh, so, one other tidbit I just want to just like I, I I do have questions is like, after like Amelia gives rights to Casper to be a real boy <laughs> um until ten o'clock, not twelve because he's only twelve years old, um whatever. but th- they they can't even finish their dance before it comes ten o'clock. Like, these rules are so unfair. <laughs>
2: And because what time was it when it happened?
1: Like 9.50? <laughs> or or Casper legit legit took two hours to get ready. That's the <laughs> only thing that makes sense. To me. <laughs> like he he can't they can't even finish their dance. They can barely kiss their one stinking kiss uh, without him turning into a back into a ghost. I, like it just <laughs> this timeline is sucks. Even Cinderella was able to get down with Prince Charming, and then get into like a fight in the backyard and run off before she like uh, became a servant again. Um, so it's just like it sucks. It just sucks. Yeah.
2: I love that she specified that Cinderella wasn't twelve, and I was like, isn't wasn't she like fourteen? <laughs> like it's not yeah, that yeah, exactly. Huge an age she was like there. sixteen. Yeah.
1: No um it's, so yeah it, yeah it, I, it, I i have issues
2: It it is super unfair like that <laughs> this is the only time he's going to get to be a real boy and it's like nah you get like 15 minutes sorry well, can't and then cut him
0: some slack like he used his last potion to save your freaking husband so that your kid wouldn't be an orphan like <laughs> come on
2: yeah, like give that boy, like give that boy some time, and I know like the whole thing is just like also we know what he really wants, but like, look, he's not gonna get it ever again. He's dead. Like he has this is one chance to be a real boy. Just let him go for it and and if, and yeah. if she consents, obviously then yeah. yeah let them do their thing yeah. whatever like it's, it's totally like unfair that he barely even got a kiss in his life
1: yeah yeah it's not fair i i, I feel very i feel for casper in that one particular moment it was yeah. literally he really got no time at all unless like i said unless he's been he was like really taking a long time with his pirate crew outfit. Like maybe he was like really having on hawing. He's like, well, do I want to be a pirate or do I want to be a fireman? A baseball or player. Like a baseball player. <laughs> like maybe he was just like taking a really long time to get ready yeah. and Kat was just sitting on the sad loser bench for like three hours for waiting for anything to happen.
0: I feel like it's obvious to me that they wanted a sequel because in my opinion the right move for the end of the movie is Casper is fulfilled. He kissed a girl. That was like his last dying wish type of thing and he moves on to the afterlife but they're like we got to keep this guy around for casper too <laughs> what else does casper want what else well to to get it in but like that's yeah. not gonna happen
2: <laughs> i think that's that's yeah that's the sequel once they're like older now <laughs> it's okay to do that Casper too. <laughs> i just i also <laughs> I also imagine, like, maybe it took him, like, 45 minutes to learn how to walk again, because, like, he's had no legs for uh, for a long time. So, like, all of a sudden he has human legs and it's just like, oh, shit, how does this work?
1: He just bumps into walls because he's used to flying through them oh no <laughs> this is, this is, maybe he has to relearn like how to get from like the attic where he was back to downstairs because he used all that time just going through walls and taking shortcuts so maybe he got <laughs> lost in the yeah she he really she really let him be a human at like 8 p.m but it took him two hours to get
0: downstairs <laughs>
1: well that's fine there's no food at this party anyway what are are they gonna do they're just gonna dance the whole time to what music i don't even know where the music came Uh, from i don't know this party blows
0: (laughs) Um, but it was we enjoyed it like i think we all enjoyed the movie it's just fun to make fun of like some of the very obvious like plot holes or like like because it's a ghost movie and it deals with dying and immortality and all of those,
1: of course we're going to dive deeper into those questions, you know? <laughs> yeah, I thought that this movie did have pretty good uh, ghost lore, though. I mean, it differentiated from standard ghost rules about ghosts not being allowed to go out. At least these ghosts can go to the bar, work um, at the newspaper. Um, these ghosts um, can they
2: eat. get to watch TV.
1: who pays the cable bill? actually?
2: Good question. Well, we That's saw that he was I able to know We saw that he was able to travel through the TV through the electrical mm. lines to her uh Carrigan's TV in a hotel. So there's right. some sort of like weird thing that they they must be able to do. It's like siphon electricity oh, from electricity. someone else
1: oh, yeah, and I loved how they had abilities. So each one had. I guess, their own abilities. So Stretch had the ability to not only be snarky, but also <laughs> Stretch himself. Um, uh, Stinky had abilities. His ability was, I don't know, making people pass out from halitosis. So we love that <laughs> for him. I don't know what Fatso can do. Well, he can change his form. So that was impressive. They all can change their form in some sort of way but and, and casper it can join master chefs jr with his uh skills of turning <laughs> his hand into a spatula so they all have a they have abilities and casper can travel through wires and i i did like that they all have and i don't know carrigan's ability was to not only dress well but also continue to be a bitch so
2: I love that. Like, that was a question I had. Like, is it something that changes over time? Because when Kerrigan and uh, James died, they still retain their hair, glasses. Yes. Like, the, oh, yeah, yeah, they had clothes for whatever I reason. had the
0: same question. I had the same question. And I was like, I wonder if, event- like, like, my thought was when you first become a ghost, you kind of want to remain a little bit more like your human self with clothes. And then eventually you're like, I don't need these. And you're just like naked ghost. And maybe, like, the ghosts get so old that
1: their hair falls out. <laughs> yeah some, Something along those lines Something happens um, Oh my god don't you love James Harvey Just being like a silly drunk bitch <laughs> Cause I loved that for him He got yeah. loosey goosey
2: I like that he was still Drunk when he was a ghost
1: <laughs> I wonder yeah. if he's going to He would have been drunk for like the rest of existence
2: <laughs> That's a good um, question <laughs>
1: yeah um maybe they retain something about when how they died except i mean casper has actually a very sad ending he like gets like all he wants to do is go sledding and he gets a pneumonia from (laughs) his sled um yeah that's messed up
2: (laughs) that is like really (laughs) depressing way to go (laughs)
1: <laughs> the poor thing said that all he wanted was this stupid sled and then when his father finally got it he went sledding once and then got pneumonia that's
2: <laughs> wrong it's, that must have been rough for his dad too because his dad was like i don't want to get this sled for him and then he finally caves and gets the sled and then his kid dies because of it and it must be yep. like that's devastating it.
0: Ugh, yeah that's a rough way to go and then he can't even get a break in the afterlife because he just you know wants to get with this chick and he only gets like 10 minutes with her poor Casper
2: <laughs> maybe that's Cas- Like Casper's actual um, unfinished business is to go sledding one more time and if he just rides that sled in the winter he just pooped away
0: <laughs> oh that would be so funny that's Casper 2 right there Casper <laughs> 2 gotta get sledding oh. and it's Christmas themed perfect yeah <laughs> Oh no. Oh, all right. Um, so, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we wanted to talk about um about Casper the movie, any good points, bad points we wanted to to talk out.
2: Um, um the the only thing <laughs> else I guess on it is that for me, I mean like I again, really enjoyed this movie. I, at the beginning of the movie, yeah. I remember thinking to myself like Casper's such a weird name. The only Casper I know is like Casper Van Dien the actor. But then when they revealed his name is like c mcfadden so his name is casper mcfadden for whatever reason that made it like oh yeah that sounds like a real name like casper mcfadden <laughs> totally sounded like a real name to me
1: seems legit seems legit yeah. and this is like a good time for us to announce that we're now sponsored by casper mattress <laughs> <laughs> <You'll> I, <imagine. laughs> I, I only wish uh just kidding we are not um but I do have one more question I want to uh, propose to you guys. Um, do you think that the real reason Casper just wants a friend besides for fucking is because this whole thing about losing your memory is a scam and he really just wants a friend to come so that he can go take the friend to the Lazarus and make him into a human? Do you think this is a long con?
2: Wow. Ooh. I like that. That's so twisted and dark.
1: (laughs) I think Hasker knows more than we think and plans more than we think. So the uncles never know about the Lazarus then, right? Uh, How would they not not. have figured
0: out? They lived there for so long, right? (laughs) That
1: they never figured it out. We don't know. I mean, they definitely would want the Lazarus.
2: Only one of them could use it, though, so they the would just fight each other.
1: They would fight each
0: other, yeah. Also, also, can I just say, this was like a tiny, minor pet peeve of mine. Okay, so we know... Oh, no. We'll never know. The ghost took her.
2: <laughs> yeah, the-, the ghost stopped her from speaking and <laughs> prevented the question from being asked. Oh,
0: sorry. Um. Okay, so... Minor pet peeve is that we know that, like, they get into the laboratory area by going through, like, one of those rotating walls, right? Once they get in there, before they go downstairs, once they get into the secret room, literally there are windows to the outside. Like, you could see. You could see in that room from outside of the
1: house.
2: I did not notice that. It's not
1: hidden. It's not (laughs) hidden. You're right, because dibs got thrown out that window so uh it's not, hidden. it's not hidden uh i i can't speak for that uh i i don't know what to say about that uh why at didn't least the dibs floor part back? was hidden dibs died
2: yeah oh, why didn't he come back as a ghost as a
1: ghost great like, maybe he
2: didn't want to i guess but he had that treasure <laughs> That's <laughs> so weird. <He> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. He Maybe did. he oh, no. didn't die. Maybe he's just questions. in like a body cast somewhere.
1: Wait, hold on. Why can't uh Kerrigan, as a ghost, take her ghost hand and reach in and pull out what the treasure is, or at least feel it?
2: That's right? true. She,
1: she was holding it at one yeah. point. Why, she
2: could she have can... stuck her head in and actually seen exactly oh, what see the treasure it. is. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's a great point. So these are just mysteries that we'll never know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Maybe
1: if we ever see Casper 2, we'll know. I do know that there's one sequel called Casper Meets Wendy. So Kat gets ditched and now Casper is into some chick named Wendy. So um, there's a lot of mysteries to uncover for the future. <laughs> Who is Wendy?
2: It's a good question. I think she's
0: from the comics. I think I saw uh, something like she's from the comics oh. and that... The- oh, actually, I think... I think that the mom wearing red was like an homage to Wendy because Wendy wears like a red cloak or something like that. I actually think. I Oh, that.
2: That okay. Way. Yeah. Cause I, mean, I know that. I just think Christina Ricci name. was like,
0: I don't need to do a second
1: one.
2: That's yeah. I mean, oh. at that point, Christina Ricci was doing a lot of stuff. So
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Well, actually Wendy's Hillary Duff. So she's a, the queen. So oh. I, I apologize, Miss Duff. Okay. We stand. Queens, forgive we me. Hillary Duff. Yeah. We love Hillary Duff. Um, so, so, so do you guys want to get into some 90s fashion?
0: Yes. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it, but, like, all the sweaters Kat was wearing, I was into the high-waisted jeans, the, like, the combat type of boots she was wearing. I was feeling it. The only thing I have to knock her points on is that hideous, like, wedding dress costume <laughs> garbage, whatever that That's was. That's
1: not her fault. She was also wearing a choker, which, of course, is very 90s, mm-hmm. and she was wearing some small cat eye glasses in the beginning, mm-hmm. which I – typically don't like small sunglasses, but those were really cute. Um, And they're all in jewel tones that that was her color palette. She was Mm -hmm. always in a jewel tone.
2: Uh, I definitely was all about um, that green cardigan, as I mentioned that, uh, that Harvey uh, James Mm -hmm. Harvey was wearing, but yeah, the nineties fashion, the throwback style. I mean, I was really into that, the jeans and the flannel and everything like that's my jam. So, seeing 90s fashion always gets me like really pumped about it it's like I know like a lot of people love the 80s style but like for whatever reason it's probably because just that is a little bit more my era i i guess um was the was is 90s uh so i appreciate i also appreciated um his uh devon saw was hair which is also very 90s the sean hunter if you will uh that kind of like (laughs) like middle part like long flowing lock style
0: yeah, even the even the the doctor uh, Harvey had like a, a side part version of that, which I thought was like very also nineties. And his glasses too, like the small metal frame uh, glasses were also very nineties. I enjoyed the fashion; I liked it more. We talked like we'll t- we'll see in the Halloween Town podcast, but they don't really wear the same outfit the entire movie, so it's not that much fun. Whereas there's a lot of fashion, there's a lot of um, outfit changes in this movie.
1: Yeah, lots of outfit changes. The school scene was a good, like, tidbit into what 90s -hmm. fashion was. um, Because all the boys were wearing, like, plaid or, like, the vests. And all the girls were wearing, like, florals, which we see all the time in Boy Meets World. But there's, like, I did want to note that, like, they – we don't see a lot of grunge in Boy Meets World at least not yet. Yeah. But Cat was very like 90s grunge, which I appreciated. Yes. I can't wait till we're
0: a little bit in the older ages of of Boy Meets World. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there's definitely going to be the period in Boy Me Too World because it's just like they would they do the whole like I think Eric specifically does the long sleeve shirt like plaid tied around his waist and like ripped up jeans. I, I feel like there's a distinct memory of Eric wearing that at one point, mm-hmm. um, which is like the look.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now, Eric is mostly wearing like sweaters that like your grandpa would wear. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like a
0: lavender sweatshirt and jeans a lot yeah. of the time, <laughs> like a light wash denim.
2: Yeah. He takes a journey because he goes from like pretty like Eric is weird. He goes from like preppy to like, kind of like jockey to dumb, dumb, which is a weird for that character. Yeah. yeah,
0: really dumb. Yeah, I yeah. will see. We're tracking them as we go along. But um, but yeah, actually getting in getting into the the plugs of it. We have Boy Meets World content coming up. That's coming out every Thursday. We drop a new one. Uh, We're, we're still early season one. We're at like what episode seven or eight right now. Um, and then we'll have some bonus content coming up around Thanksgiving. But Kevin, what do you have? Uh, what do you have going on over at Post Show Recaps and more?
2: Oh, so many things. Um, so yeah, my main podcasting—you can find me on Post Show Recaps, uh, where every week thus far, we just actually hit the end game. Josh Wiggler and I have been recapping all of the films of the MCU. Um, it's called Everything Is Super. Uh, has been a blast. Uh, Jess, you guest with us on the Captain Marvel podcast, which was so much fun to do with you. Um, especially talking about the 90s fashion of it all. Um, yes. And um, we, like I said, we just did Endgame, um, but we are not ending the podcast. We are continuing on with um some more superhero content as we go, so definitely check uh, me out there. I also do Lovecraft Country with Josh Wiggler and the incredible Latania Starks, uh, where we cover each episode of Lovecraft Country every week, um, coming up to the ending of that series as well. And Josh, Latanya, and I will be continuing onto some more stuff from there. And I'm going to be on a patron-exclusive podcast that we have um, where uh, Josh, his wife Emily, and I are going to be recapping the movie Scream for Halloween, so that's coming soon. And as mentioned, we have a Patreon, which has been Really exciting, yes. and we'd love for people to join us. Um, I, all the all the spiel for that is like you can get us at pusher uh, pusherrecaps dot slash patron or patron.com dot slash recaps. There's like fifty pusherrecaps dot
0: com slash patreon. Yes, yeah. go ahead and, and join us there. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm doing a podcast with Josh about basically it's a podcast about podcasting about community. So. Uh, if we get 1,000 patrons, we're going to do a full-blown community recap. We need it by the end of the year. So definitely uh, definitely join that. It's going to be a, a fun ride.
2: I feel like that's but, the most um, community type of podcast, too, where you podcast oh, yeah. about podcasting about community.
0: <laughs> it's the most meta thing, which is very, very community. So uh, definitely join us there. And um, Kevin, what's your uh, Twitter handle for anybody? Who
2: wants oh, yes. Yeah, so you know? can find me uh, at Kev Mahadeo on Twitter. I also have a website, uh, themahadman.com, that you can check out where I post some of my... Uh, published comic book work, and some other stuff I'm working on, so feel free to check that out.
1: Awesome. And Sarah, where can you find us on all of our
2: <laughs>
0: social media? Uh, so,
1: you can definitely uh, find us at shit Nineties Pod, and you can always email us uh, some feedback or questions um, at Shit90pod at gmail.com. And, um, uh, as always, we would love if you would go onto iTunes and rate us and give us like a little comment so that you can know, so we can know that you're enjoying us. Um, five-star reviews are always fun and we would love to read them on the podcast, of course, and you can find, um, yeah, just like follow us at shit 90 Pod. We have so much fun on Instagram, so much fun on Twitter. Um, yeah. And, you know, please stay tuned and look out for our Halloween Town episode. As previously mentioned, we had a lot of fun uh, talking about Halloween Town.
0: Yes, it's. Uh, if you think that we were harsh on on Casper, just just wait until we get into uh, Halloween Town next. We are very very harsh with it. But um, but yeah. Until next time, thanks for joining us, everybody, and thank you, Kevin, for for joining us on here. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs>
2: thanks for having me. This was a blast. I really had such a good time talking about this movie uh, with you guys.
0: Awesome. So we will talk to you guys next time. Bye.